0: Hey guys, welcome to The Flip with Caleb Parado and Vince Troyer, we are your hosts. We hope that you learn from what you hear and enjoy the listen. We're entrepreneurs in our 20s who are learning about the real estate market. We are not experts in this market.
1: Prior to releasing a podcast each week, we listen to a podcast from people that know way more than us and we take notes on the most important things that we learned. Our hope with this podcast is that we make content for people who are just like us. Who want to learn more about real estate and create financial freedom for themselves?
0: Well, welcome guys to the podcast, the podcast number five, I think. Um, Man, today there are so many, there are and, so uh, many podcasts. Listen, the consistency is killer, killer. In um, good today, way. yeah, in a good way. Today we went over a podcast uh, another another one from Bigger Pockets. It was Bigger Pockets podcast number 73 if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um and it's called Investing in Rental Property Properties. <laughs> when your local area is too expensive with Moran Kamari. And uh I got to say he was kind of all over the place, but and very fast. Yeah. But I think I think we nailed some of the big points. And uh, big takeaways that he had. This is the second time he was on this podcast, so unfortunately it was a little bit assumed of his, you know, origin story. Um, yeah. And so that's whatever. But
1: Yeah, yeah first, be before, we, before we get into uh, the podcast we listen to, I want to let all of you guys know we have an <laughs> amazing new graphic. We're rebranding what's yeah, up? exactly what's up it looks good
2: too um, goody good
1: so once you hop on spotify or wherever you're listening to this on we got a new picture we're getting all official and stuff so mm-hmm. um, check us out also tell your friends because you know uh, we like to make new friends and also <laughs> have Absolutely. you know grow our grow our audience for sure
0: um, and also to add to that if you are someone that is involved in real estate and has experience, we would love to have you on the podcast. So please yes. either email me, um, we, uh, we, are, we should have, by the time this podcast comes out, possibly an Instagram, um, yeah. it should be The Flip, um, and so you could DM us, but please contact us in some way. There, I think uh, through Spotify, you might be able to do it um but we, we will make the that known email, in the, email we, we can drop, drop the email yeah in
1: the uh in the course or the um, podcast notes or whatever yeah, yeah
0: yeah so just go ahead and do that and we would love to have you on to talk to you about um your experience and most of all your important um failures that would be yeah what we would like to dive into for sure cuz that's where you learn most and then obviously your success that you have
2: yeah but, sick <clears throat> yeah um, so exciting to, things.
1: This, so yeah, to jump into this podcast, this, uh, like the title is saying, investing in rental properties when you're a local area is too expensive. Um, how do you say his name again? Mayron. Mayron. Mm, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. We'll
2: roll we'll, we'll, we'll with that.
1: Um, so Mayron <laughs> does a lot of out-of-state investing. We're not going to focus on out-of-state investing near as much as some other things that we pulled from, uh, what he was saying and beneficial stuff. So it's um, really
0: just focusing on the functionality of investing and buying real estate. That's yeah, how how he does it. Yeah, how he does it. Yeah, I I, I think you can, like he kind of said, you you can do out of state as long as you get this function, like the basics down, you can invest anywhere at any time. So, yep. So, all right. Well, let's get into it he he kind of said how he got started um I, he didn't again i would love the age man they should drop their age when they got started cuz oh, i man. i mean it sounded like he already had his like career type of thing after college um but how he got started is i think he heard about bigger pockets right and that's kind of sparked his interest but he also just heard about people talking about real estate in a positive way um to build cash flow and how to kind of get out of working for someone and working and then transition to working to your, for yourself. So that kind yeah, of um, sparked his interest, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was really interested in the idea of like quitting your nine to five, right? Your typical, oh, I, I hate working for somebody else my entire life, you know, that whole story. And like, how can I get out of that and investing is obviously a great way to do that. So he the things he liked about real estate was how you can build cash flow with it, and that's kind of pointing towards more of a uh, rental property portfolio. But he was talking about building a portfolio, high cash flow, and um, replacing his employed income with kind of rental property income. That's kind of what focused him or pushed him into doing research, buying books, and other stuff like that, and listening to podcasts. Which then he found bigger pockets. When he was looking into like more mortgage underwriting, um, other stuff like that, so that's kind of what sparked his interest. Yeah, he really hyped up bigger pockets, big time, big yeah. time. And Which they're cool guys, by the way. We're learning a ton from them, so you know. Yeah, but
0: only in one area. Apparently, they have a website that you go and get involved in, and you can ask questions. And you know, they kind of have, I think, either a live chat or just like a email, a bunch of emails that you know you ask questions and they respond to you which is kind of yeah cool. if
1: you guys like are familiar with forums or whatever that's what it is
0: basically like drop questions and people answer it there you go i am unfamiliar with this uh or didn't know they were they were called forums. Yeah. um there's another person which is interesting that bought his house first house in what 2012 right his primary or something like that um
2: mayron or how do we say his name? yeah mayron yeah mayron, yeah, mayron
1: well i have he bought his he, the the way he got started was he bought his primary residence he, he lives in california by the way he bought his primary residence in 2012 so he wanted a house for him to live like himself to live in and then he started renting out his spare bedroom or spare bedrooms to people um and he said that experience helped him learn how to kind of be a um a landlord slash you know uh, managing tenants
2: and get that experience so that's how you got started yeah that's in 2012
0: yeah which was i guess i we're kind of kind of getting the feel of a 2012 2013 market We're actually does because last podcast we talked about 2011 and 2012 the last guy bought also in 2012 and did well oh so right, right, right. they're entering a good time in the market uh, i know this podcast is contrary to that belief because it says the name of it is investing in rental properties where it's too expensive but um right. that just means i think all that means is you're not exactly going to be looking for uh full cash buyers yeah you're not be, and it's kind of just don't have money <laughs> yeah you don't have money to afford these things but he 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 works around that, obviously, and he has a bunch of properties. So, oh, he went into, uh, which is kind of cool. Just your day job, um, because he he did say you know, rentals can be a full time job, but it's not like obviously when you're starting off, or even years after you're starting off. Like this guy, um, he still has his full time job. Yeah, and he's not going to leave his full time job until four or five years from now, and he has a, he's, like, very well off right now, and he's he's still saying four or five years, which he has a good a good career. He said something about something I don't know. (laughs) Sounded sounded good. It was
1: it was. I mean, he's got this weird situation where he has a night job, so in like a laboratory with for certain like medical things. So and rats he. (laughs) not rats rats, these are humans but um (laughs) he has a night job and so during the day morning as he does his uh his real estate stuff and um afternoons i guess he sleeps but um what's interesting that he talked about is he said he was four to five years away from quitting his job and the reason for this was that his real estate income which we'll talk about his number of properties he has uh, here shortly, but his real estate income is about a third of what his, you know, his job income is. So I'll just give you a sneak peek. He's, he mentioned later on the podcast that he has nine houses, nine um rental properties specifically. So basically to break this down, he's saying nine, his nine rental income properties brings in a third of his daily job income. So that means we need to multiply nine times three if we want to get the same you know, income as his regular job. So yeah. this man needs 27 rental properties to have the same income as right. his job, which I don't know if that translates you know, perfectly to everybody listening or to us. Um, I just thought that was an interesting point to kind of think about.
0: Yeah. And also, it's like these are his starting rentals. So as he builds capital, he's still building capital. He's just not matching his his uh, job right now with his rent. Right. So I think if he builds enough capital, he'll he'll buy bigger, you know, triplex, duplexes, and and end up renting out better
2: houses and uh, you know buildings.
0: Yeah, that's... and so it may not take you know strictly twenty seven, but. It does give you an idea that you know, it's it's a lot. You need a lot to just quit your job. And he went into like, okay, don't just quit your job. Is what the biggest Brandon, um, the biggest bigger pockets. One of the bigger pockets host um, was like, don't just please don't just quit your job. You <laughs> definitely need it. um yep. As as far as the beginning, and then Malin was like, oh, absolutely. And in terms of like. It helps you, like jobs, helps you get loans, you know, as, as far as that payment history, like me and Vince right. had talked about before. And then, uh, each job, use them as opportunities more than, more so than, you know, um, anything else. Learning opportunities and connections with people. He, he kind of said it leads you to better jobs. So, so, yeah. you know, whether you don't like that one, you, you know, whatever, you get better at that one, you get a promotion or whatever. It leads you to different jobs, better jobs, and kind of um, connects you with different people. So he kind of just, which is cool, because he wasn't just like, all right, quit everything, real estate, um, and and that's it. But he was like, no, there is importance to having this kind of, not necessarily nine to five, but a full-time job um, alongside with renting.
1: Yeah. It's kind of this slower transition. Um, and I can definitely relate to that because like you need, you know, you need this real estate, um, venture or this entrepreneurship to get the financial freedom that you need, uh, or that you want. Um, and, but in order to gain the financial freedom, you need to quit your job, but you need your job to grow that portfolio of houses to gain that financial freedom, you know? So it's like, it's a slower right. transition, and you need that job for, I mean, for big reasons to, you know, survive, and then also to fund those rental uh, ventures. But right. um, something I want to dive into is how he mentioned that he has a partner, um, and so he, yeah, we we found each other, so we we kind of got that part checked off. But for anybody who's like thinking about doing this, the same similar to us, he thought finding a partner. Um is extremely important and specifically a partner in the area that you're looking to buy. Um,
0: that would be so Vince.
1: For, right. And so for our situation, that's kind of me because we're buying in, you know, near Sarasota if, if uh, you know, if that's how it works out, but um, yeah, some, some things that he said about, you want to talk about some things he said about finding a partner or um, kind of what that looks like.
0: Um. I mean, or yeah. I have notes on those. So <laughs> I have I have notes. A little bit of notes. I didn't I didn't put too much because I wasn't really I don't know paying attention okay. to that part. But but yeah, actually, you could just
1: go into it. All right, cool. Um, so for him, it was kind of unique. So also, we're not being sponsored by Bigger Pockets. If you want to sponsor us, we're okay with that. But <laughs> we are not currently yes, <laughs> So, um, but one of the things he said what he, he really started off with bigger pockets. So he was on the forums and everything online, asking questions. And he suggested that you be active on forums like that to find people who, um, who are doing deals in the market that you're looking for, or the, the the geography or the area. Um, and, uh, those people should probably have similar investing mindsets than you uh, or um, similar to yours. Um, so yeah, the, the three things you point out: one, be active on forums or other kind of interactive programs like that. Um, two, look for somebody who's already doing deals in the market, so you can definitely learn from them and have the peace of mind that you're not getting into something or in an area that you're, you know, sketched out about or inexperienced, inexperienced in. And the third right. thing, um,
0: choose somebody who has similar investing mindsets or goals. So, yeah, that's I think the last ones. The most important, because even when we talked to Jim and Greg, they they said a lot about that. Where it's super important that you have to make make it clear to the partner that, all right, this is what my goal is, and that they can match that goal and say, yeah, that's also that's also what I want to do, you know, and have that clarity there. Because then that just if if the clarity is not there, it just raises a bunch of problems, potential problems. I guess yeah, you could just. I think you just coast on not having problems, but, I mean, that's just risky. Whatever. Um, yeah, but, it's not really real either, because you will have problems. Yeah, <laughs> it was interesting that he chose, he also chose, so he chose this, this woman whose name was Don. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she was in, right, the location he wanted to buy a house in yep. which is interesting yeah. um so he did he didn't only just find out find a partner in his rentals they also she was also in the area that or next to you know the town that she, he wanted to invest in so like he said this is you know this is a, a bunch of his points were out of state but we will still apply the same principles um but he was out of state so his roles were a little relaxed than hers yeah. um i think he was providing he was providing the money or some of the money or most so he was
1: um let's start off with like how, what their responsibilities were and kind of how they're split up so both of them kind of did uh did the due diligence part of it so due diligence referring to inspecting the properties I, she was a big Role in ex- inspecting like right. specific properties they're looking at, but um, just scoping out in general or looking for deals, you know, through the MLS or just other things like that. They both did it. Um, his was more about uh, working with insurance and banking and lenders because he was out of state. So he kind of could work couldn't. on that end. Right. Yeah. He, he couldn't go specifically to people who wanted to rent, you know, like tenants or inspect
2: the plumbing at a specific property they were hoping for you know stuff like that right right so she kind of took that responsibility on like yeah she was basically um, a property manager yeah
0: but she was also bookkeeping and it was interesting how they kind of said something about her payment and she was only taking back-end payments that's how she got paid
2: Huh. Which, which, I mean, I
0: just thought that was interesting because usually it's like, you know, you're agreeing, you're partnering with someone, but I guess that's incentive. You know, you're partnering with someone that you have a back-end payment, so you don't actually get paid until everything's, you know, done. That's basically what that means. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay. You know, so she's just putting the money down, but she's not getting paid for her current bookkeeping or property management until the end. I can tell after if it's done.
1: I personally don't like that idea as much as <laughs> yeah, you know, being paid, but Absolutely. I don't know, maybe it's different.
0: If I um, mean, maybe it is because honestly, if I guess the book paying you for bookkeeping and property management doesn't matter because the money that you're going to be paying for it is kind of both of yours and right. you may not even make that money um, at the end of the deal. At the end of the, the rental property. You know you hope to make some, but in that you're partnering something, and you guys both might just lose money on this yeah so and I, he I he also it, mentioned oh, sorry, go ahead no, I guess it, it I was just gonna say I guess it makes a little bit of sense but
1: yeah, he also mentioned later on as they continue to do deals, he was restricted on what he was able to do on site, so she actually started getting paid they agreed that she would get paid a fee um for kind of doing some stuff that she did uh so It's. I guess the reason why we're talking about this, it's interesting if you have a partner that kind of the way you set up your business model or um, kind of the plan you have going forward, it's important to get a structure like that and to kind of be good in communicating what each role or the roles that each partner takes on and just what that looks like just to, um, you know, so no further conflict or confusion comes out of doing deals together.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I do want to mention his deals are a little different than I think, I think as far as we know so far that me and Vince are going to be doing, Uh, he does buy and hold deals, which are basically just rental properties. Um, You're buying a property and then you're holding it and not selling it. And so I'm not sure what me and Vince, I mean, We've, we learn a lot each week through podcasts and stuff and yeah, material sure. that we go through. So right now, I would still like to do a flip, but yeah. we may end up getting into a rental. Who knows? Who, who really knows? But so this is, it didn't really spark ideas, but we, we did, uh, it did kind of raise an eyebrow for me. It's, it's definitely long-term, like we knew right. what rentals were, um, and you're, you're creating less of an income Right. With rentals, because, um, you know, he's up front. I don't know how much, you know, yeah, like up front, like he's he's probably gaining if he has nine rental properties, like he said. And. I mean, what is he gaining from previous well, podcasts? He must he's only gaining a couple hundred or whatever, you know, not a couple. Well, hundred, he was maybe. saying
1: he follows the 50 percent rule, which we're also going to get into shortly. Oh, right. Um. But if he's following the 50% rule, it the 50% rule basically means he's the rental income per month that he's gaining, half of that goes towards expenses. So the other half should either contribute to their partnership bank account or you know, towards extra things they want to do with it. But it's yeah, it's slow. Cash flow is slower, but steady for a long term rental.
0: Yeah. It is, which, um, this is exactly what sounds like what he, what he wants. He didn't want to do flipping, um, necessarily Mm -hmm. did in one of the rentals. He did like do a bunch of rehab. You're still doing that rehab with con and you're still working with contractors, but you're just not selling the house, which is, um, yeah, that's just a way of doing it. Um, well, their first deal, there's always a first deal.
2: Yeah. Always go back to the first
0: deal. Um, this is their first deal within the 50-50 partnership.
1: Yeah, their partnership was uh,
2: 50-50, split half.
0: Right, split perfectly in half. Um, he's, he has a couple rentals now at this point. And so this was his first deal with Don. And it was a two-bed, one-bath. Um, he said bought at 21000 which we, me and Vince are both assuming is the down payment because yeah. he the property is now running at $750,000. So obviously he didn't buy a property at $21,000. He put $5,000 into it. So he made that separate. So he also didn't make this whole thing clear. So we're kind of assuming a little bit, but it makes sense. He bought at $21,000, let's say down payment, and put $5,000 into it on top of the $21,000. For like renovations. $26,000, yeah, for renovations and whatever they needed. and. I mean, the property is now running at a $750,000. That's pretty wild. If you only put $5,000 into it for to a two-bed, one-bath, I mean, gosh, the market in 2012 must have been insane. Yeah. If, it's a, if that's a $750,000 house. Wow, I said that so fast. $750,000 house. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, just to be
1: clear also that uh, since you put the 21000 down, um, the rest of that is assumed to be financing through his lender, which is probably bank. Right. So
2: just to make it right. clear. Right. Because
0: <clears throat> he did lend. So we went through Don's role, Mayron's role. He has nine rentals. Oh, he got how he got these nine rentals was again we're hearing through MLS. Right. Which is kind of sick. Because now, talk
1: about should we talk about MLS a little bit? Because I was, I have some research, like research from online and kind of clarifying what MLS is if people are wondering. Yeah, go for it. Okay, sick. Okay, MLS, we kind of talked about it very briefly in the past podcast or so. Um, but to be clear, this is what the MLS is it stands for the multiple listing service, um, or in the investing community, it's known as MLS. Um, what it does, it, um, basically facilitates real estate transactions between real estate brokers. So it's kind of like this database that keeps track of what's happening, um, between real estate brokers. And it also is a good way to connect them or connect properties with those investors or or with those brokers. Sorry. Um, and basically in a simple sense, it's a I got this from, um, the national association of realtors. It, they, and I quote, is a tool to help listing brokers find cooperative brokers working with buyers to help sell their clients homes end quote so um, it's kind of a snapshot of what it is and yeah they, they also say here MLS is a private database um, right. but there are ways for people outside um, of real estate brokers to access it which we can we will probably be expanding on in future episodes but that's a quick uh, idea about what the MLS is. excerpt.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So he got, he, he talked about getting clients through the MLS yet again, and that's how he was able to get people into his nine rentals. Um, and that was part of his, you know, marketing for tenant for tenants plan was, uh, I guess, I mean, he didn't really mention any other way. So that worked. Uh, it, he didn't need anything more other than, you know, he didn't send out 700 letters, 1000 letters <laughs> a month like the other guy did. But yeah, we're learning kind different of found strategies. For sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. for sure. which the other guy used MLS2 heavily and I guess uh, according to the area or whatever state it didn't work out as well. Um so he 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 outsourced. So, with getting all those clients, he now has you know those rentals and, and everything short. He's set. Um he now he kind of enters in to how he buys because he was kind of getting into his experience and and how far he's come, um, and his status report. Because like I said, he was in a previous podcast with bigger pockets. Yep. And so now they were like, All right, so how do you how do you operate? How do you buy? And he he went into two ways of buying. wasn't entirely super clear, but we will talk about them. <laughs> yeah, um, um,
1: to kind of start this, he basically went into um, how to do how he does deals. He mentioned two rules that he follows for these deals um, from a rental property standpoint. And then the other one, he talked a little bit about how or what steps you need to take to build a team slash, um, you know, who do you need to have, you know, in your phone book or you know who who you are in contact with to be successful in these deals. Um, But let's start off with doing the doing the deals part, as Caleb was saying.
0: Yeah, he he mentioned two ways, which was straight finance purchase and. The other way, the second way was an all cash um, flip type of deal. So he he, he bought it with all cash, rehabbed it, and then looking for rental. Um, I think the straight finance was more so move in ready because he did not mention doing any rehab to the straight finance purchases. So that was his two types of buys and that's the majority of his buys too like that's what that's
1: his like bread and butter is basically he mentioned that he has one portfolio lender so not like plural like he found and built a relationship with a bank or other type of institution and he's done nine out of his 10 deals that way he has nine rentals and one flip that he's currently working on and he mentioned the flip was done in cash so apparently He's built up some uh, some capital from his deals he's been doing and it's from his work. That the cash deal was a, was was the flip, and then the other ones rentals were um, financed, which is really interesting to, to see. Right. Also concerning the two methods of of doing deals that he mentioned, he's he's a big um, he, we can tell from listening that his big focus is on rental properties. So. Um, for these rentals, he has two rules that specifically apply to the rent income from his tenants, right? So um, the first rule is the 2% rule. So we were on bigger pockets and doing some research on what exactly these rules are. 2% rule says that the rental amount a property brings in per month should be at least 2% of the total purchase price. So say you bought a house, for $100,000, it's modest, but just for example's sake, you bought a house for $100,000. Um, this house right. per month should bring in $2,000 income. right, um, And that leads into the next rule, which is the 50% rule. This rule says that each month, 50% or less of the rental income needs to cover property maintenance and other expenses involved with upkeep. So. Going from the 2% rule, that $2,000 for a $100,000 house, $1,000 of that should be meeting your property maintenance expenses. So, um, and what's also interesting about the 2% rule is $2,000 income per month for a $100,000 house. This means
2: if we take 100% divided by 2%, it gives us 50. So, 2% per month for a
1: $100,000 house should pay itself, should, mm-hmm. this should
2: pay back the upfront cost for buying the house, which is super interesting. So if you follow this 2% rule
1: um, and don't pay off the mortgage or pay off the mortgage entirely
2: from the rental income, um, it should pay itself off in 15 months. So those are the two rules um that we're following and or that we should follow for uh, rental properties and that's what he's doing as well right right
1: so now kind of going away from doing deals and and the two rules that we covered the other thing he was talking about was how to build a team um and how that it's important when kind of building out your uh your business model and and planning out your rental deals or, or your real estate deals in general. Um, the first few was, or the first member of your team is, is an insurance guy. So establishing a relationship with somebody at an insurance firm, um, or, uh, yeah, with a firm in general to cover insurance needs for your, your properties for him specifically, he needs rental, some type of rental insurance. Um, we will most likely be covering uh, insurance on, on a future podcast, but kind of from a top-down view, this is what he's talking about. Insurance is one. The second person is obviously a lender. So this looks like a bank or an investor or someone similar. Your your most usual is going to be a bank to provide you loans to fund your, fund your uh, houses. Um, the other one is real estate agents. So this one is kind of also a, a maybe because if you plan on accessing the MLS um, and you don't have your real estate license, real estate agents have experience and they have access to, M- to the MLS. So, Which,
0: I mean, I think I'm going to be, I, well, I am getting my real estate license in Florida. And so, which then makes me eligible to access the MLS. So it'll be a little bit different to us. So we'll have a real estate agent We we won't need. I don't think right because we'll we'll fill that need, and the yeah. lender we may or may not need too.
1: Yeah, our situation kind of is a little unique, but um this is just kind of a template for you guys also, if you're wondering, kind of the people right. you need to 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 make relationships with and uh, to bring on your team. so um the real estate agent part, you know, in our situation, you get a partner, you can get yourself who can, you know, if you want to do the educational, um, due diligence, you need to get started in that real estate agent. But if you're just kind of on your own and not interested in doing that real estate agent is your way to go. Um, the other one is accountants uh, or an accountant for your, uh, for your business. Um, I'm working with TurboTax at the moment. That's a really (laughs) kind
2: of personal
1: style of taxes. I think Kayla is too. Yep. Yeah, so um, that's something we're gonna have to work out. Also, if we plan on doing this, and I think once we get closer to actually doing a deal, um, we'll be kind of looking into that more. But tax needs—it's important. So have some kind of solution for doing taxes with your
0: deal, like like a CPA. Yes, which you can hire at basically any time. So
1: cool. Yeah, so that just a recap on the team building. um, Find solutions for insurance. Number one. Number two, a lender or a way to get loans or to fund your deals. Um, number three, access to MLS or relationships with a real estate agent. And number four, um, find an accountant or find a solution to to solving your tax needs. So, so apart from building a team, kind of to, to summarize everything in this uh, podcast and in, in what we listen to, Uh, he talked about kind of the future and how, how to become more confident in, um, in doing deals. And, you know,
0: yeah, he He was, he was wrapping it up and he was like, you know, lessons I've learned um, just in, in various, various different ways. But I think the biggest one that he pointed out was investing, just investing in general. And I think I've learned a little bit of this, um, at least in, in a small area. Like as far as crypto and some minor stocks, that the more you learn about the process of investing and really creating this freedom within your your cash flow or within your your um just capital of losing and gaining and risking, the more comfortable it is to invest in you know obviously more. You take little things. I think in as far as. Investing for me, I started playing around with like fifty bucks in like crypto, and not even crypto, just stocks, like daily trading, and that kind of gave me comfort more more comfort to invest in bigger or uh, bigger amounts. So I started going hundred, right. and I started playing with one hundred fifty, and then you know it kind of stopped there. But. Um, and it just, it just got me more comfortable to invest. I think it, one of his points was that is like, all right, your first house, it was your second house was, it was so much easier for him it is so much. Yeah. It was so much easier for him. He was like, it just, you know, you go through the motions and especially if you have a format and you have everything, um, like you have a plan, yeah. It would just, it just made it easier because you have experience. And he also said a big thing for him was the fear of the unknown is what, you know, stopped him at points. And he also made a point that he was like, it's I think it stops most people from investing and from um, really risk. It's that's, that's the bottom line is risking your money for a yeah. potential, um, you know, return to investment.
2: So Yeah. And guys, I can also
1: like, um, for anybody, if, if you are wondering, um, so I'm in school, I'm in my last year of school and what I've been studying for the past three years is finance and kind of a broad overview of finance and managing money and business. Um, something that you basically learn in finance is it's all about risk. Um, it's all about how you look at risk, how to manage the risk and, um, if you're doing advising, it's how to communicate that risk to clients. So, really, when it comes to investing or real estate or crypto or stocks or whatever you're doing, um, it's all about learning about risk, understanding how comfortable you are with it, and understanding how risk and return are related. Um,
0: right. So yeah, apart from important.
1: this, yeah, apart from this podcast, I mean, if you want to become more comfortable about how to manage your money, or how you feel like you need to protect your money or invest your money look into risk um, and understanding what your risk is with a project, um, understanding how comfortable you are with risk yourself and, and what a good balance is for you. So,
0: and I mean, we can keep on going on this, but I think another point of risk is being comfortable with this risk is that you'll learn is really being comfortable with failure. That's what it comes down to. And so you need to be willing, willing to fail because I think most learning comes through, failure rather than success
1: 100 and that is also why once again if you want to be on the flip podcast with caleb and vince we'd love mm-hmm. to hear about not only your successes but also any failures you guys have because like caleb said i've learned the most in life both from my failures and from the failures of others who know more than me if y'all want to do a podcast we are here (laughs) already know
0: (laughs) contact us what's up (laughs) that's it for this episode thank you for listening to The Flit we appreciate your support and remember new episodes drop every Sunday so make sure to follow and drop a review